Hello and welcome along to the Mac and Football Show today. Um, you've got everybody, if you're watching it very live, uh, you've got Mr. Doofus in the top left corner. The pink icon is a brand new guest, so um, say hello to Owen, aka SAFC Exiled Mackham. We'll leave his link in the description after the after this, so you can check his channel out. Welcome along, and no worries, no worries. And in the bottom right, we have Yorkshire Mackham, aka Jacob. So welcome along, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. So, should we just get the uh, the cats out of the bag? We've got two games to discuss because we uh, we do these shows every single Friday. We've got obviously the three one win against QPR, which is a completely different win to the three one win against. Oh my god, I forgot who it was for a second there. Uh, uh, Blackburn. Blackburn. <laughs> you can tell it's the end of a work week. My dears, <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Nothing's going quite to plan today, but there is one game live, by the way. There is the Birmingham versus... What's the QPR. other? QPR. QPR game. Ah, oh, they're going to get smashed again, hopefully. It's a very boring game. It looks like a nil-nil fest, to be honest, but there you go. Um, first things first, though, uh, the England women's game. England are winning at the Stadium of Light 2-1, so that's, that's good news. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh, yes, shall we talk about the uh, QPR game first then, considering they're playing again right now. Three confident goals. Um, what do you? Should we get the negative out of the way with first? What do you think about the goal we conceded, um, Owen? I'll get you straight into that. What do you think about the goal we conceded against QPR? So it was well. It was just. I think first of all, it was just failure to clear that second ball again. The ball we clear. It went out to the edge of the area. No one shut him down. We didn't close the ball out. And also, I think it's worth reminding. I think I was. I think I'm right in saying I might be wrong. I often am. That uh, Ballard wasn't even on the pitch at that point, was he either? So, you know, I think that's one of the things that uh, Mowbray was doing his nut about. So it was just not closing was, down that second phase ball, wasn't so, it? So was that the QPR game or the um, Blackburn Rovers game? Sorry. Uh, was that the? Key? I don't know. No, I got the wrong game. There. I got mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about. We'll talk, we'll yeah, exactly. It's, we've we've slept a couple of times. It's it's like it's what you do when you have um, a weekly show and you play two games in it. You you do mix yeah. them up quite a lot. Oh oh, some some changes there. Uh, yeah. So what was the what was the goal like again against QPR? Because they it was a snatch and grab at the start of the game, right? It was the yeah. It was they were one throw in from the right, and it was headed away. It dropped to the edge of the area. I think someone passed it back to that their player Pal, and he hits it through the through a sea of legs. And mm-hmm. um, Parson just Parson couldn't do anything about it. He just couldn't see the ball coming. I think if Parson has a clear line of vision on the shot, he saves it. But I think he obviously must just just literally at the last minute he's probably was seeing it come through the crowd of legs. He had he had no chance. I think it was just not dealing with that second ball that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Is it an overall, like, was it something that was against the runner play or was it something we'd expected in that game? I don't think it was a particularly against the runner play. I think it it was it was just kind of a typical scrappy QPR goal, wasn't it? It was what they wanted, wasn't it? To turn the game into a scrap and a fight is what they were doing, starting trying to do from the very first minute, wasn't it? So, yeah, I think, you know... It's, it's the Gareth Ainsworth game, isn't it? Absolutely, it's the way he wants to play his football, isn't it? He wants to, he wants to turn every game into a fight. He'd, he'd rather his players punch someone in the face than actually play a foot game of football. 
<laughs> yeah, good, good point. He's not good enough. For, he's, he's, he's a League One manager at best. He shouldn't be in the Championship. To be fair, I'm not even sure he should be in the game of football. If I'm being honest, like I get defensive managers being defensive, but he's he's not I'm even it's it's yeah. Well, he's got a rock band or something he, he gigs in, but like that that's neither here nor there. Like he, he's a bit a bit a bit of a strange man, but like we've got strange people yeah. up up and down the game, so it's like uh, he's just strange in this very particular way. But for me, his his management style is more suited for like a rugby match or maybe even to like a tennis coach kind of style it's more like one-on-one aggression and it will get the best out of one or two people in a squad but an entire squad playing that way for me is so detrimental to like the the trajectory of like some of the the people at that club but everybody's got there now likes to play that kind of scruffy style and yeah it's aggressive football as well isn't it it's it's Mm. football he's played as well because he did that at Wickham and it it doesn't always work your way because it didn't work for Wickham at Wembley when they played us because the pitch was too big and it was people were saying before that game Wickham likes to do football and it won't work at Wembley because the pitch is too big well really but you get what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think, what was it, when we went 2-1 up, it was like, they threw everything at us. Obviously, they're down to 10 men because of Jack Callback, Ginger, Ninja, Wanker, whatever you want to call him. Um, he, he, like that incident of him being too aggressive against Sunderland, against Bellingham, who, let's face it, that incident could have ended Joe Bellingham's career. It was so high, so late, and just horribly placed like any qpr fan who's watching that back going i got the ball doesn't fucking matter if he even got a a tiny millimeter touch on the ball he he went for the man's leg that is a that that could have been a career ender and it's definitely a red card i don't care if you get a slight touch on the ball during that um do you think think newcastle fans will make pictures of our callback standing over bellingham as revenge you know no 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 because he got sent off, mate. He's embarrassed by it, or hopefully he's embarrassed by it. What? What? Do you, what Probably not. So, uh, ex, uh, Owen's said a couple of things on on his channel over the past week about that um, that incident. But do you want? Have you had a, a little bit of a thought behind it, mate? And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, have you had a bit of thought behind it? Have you changed your mind on any of of, of the Jack Colbert situation? No, I mean, it was disgusting tackle. It was absolutely fantastic. Do you hear what Gareth Ains was said after the game, though? He comes out and he says, oh, the the boy made the most of it. Yeah. I mean, what 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 does he expect? But Corbett could have snapped the guy's leg. It really was. It was a disgusting ta- tackle. And for, for Ains to come out and say, oh, he made the most of it, like Bellingham was rolling around trying to get Corbett sent off, I think is is an absolute disgrace, personally, and. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, like I said, I've I've pretty much watched all all of your your posts on it, and it's like I can't I can't really agree more. It's just it's disgusting, and it's it is the way Gareth Ainsworth likes to play. It's just it's not working. It doesn't adapt, and it's just like he he puts his hands together and just prays that the way he works works against the team he's coming up against. Mm-hmm. He doesn't adapt to anything. It's not a good style yeah. to have. Yeah, he has his top button undone, doesn't he? And. Uh, it's just like... Oh, you're, you're just talking about his appearance again, Jacob. Come on. <laughs> he, looks you... ridi- he looks ridiculous, though. I mean, he, he looks like some reject from a 1970s he, rock group. Yeah, kind of he, does, he, do, like, he does have a rock band. He does do that. So, like, I, like, I, I he get... He's just he weird. singing in his spare time. He does do singing in his spare time. Yeah. So, yeah. He um, don't have the X-Factor. 
before, before we go into the sun and goals, I'm just going to call out a couple of people who's popped in the chat. Jess, SAFC, welcome along. SAFC uploads, thank you very much and happy birthday for this weekend. And Cabby, welcome along, buddy. Um, but yeah, we got into it after that uh, Jack Colback incident, right? And who do you think sparked that change? Because for me, I'm going to throw the name out there and, and hope you guys react to it. But the, the guy who sparked all of the change, and let's face it, he was man of the match in the most recent one. Oh, I've got a subscriber. Thank you very much. Sophia Clark subbed. Thank you, Sophia. Um, <laughs> we've got Jack Clark spinning the game on its edge to just fly. Like, just Jack Clark in that QPR game was the absolute catalyst. If he didn't get that goal before... Um, before half time, we would have struggled in the second half. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, he did. Yeah, Clark, the goal was was crucial. I think that going in one one is a lot better. I still think that even if we go in one nil down, I still think Mowbray, the changes that he made with with the, with his in game management, I think we would have still won the game. To be honest with you, even going in one nil down, I still back the lads to 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 fight back because. This lot just don't know they're beaten, do they? They never do. So, look, I think we would have still come back. Clark was brilliant, and he it wasn't just on his his offensive work on Saturday, like on Saturday against QPR. It was also his defensive work. His work going back as well. He he did work very very hard, but I think yeah he was part of the reason. But I I for me, Alex Pritchard was the biggest the biggest one that pulled it all together. That okay. I just seen before Pritch came on, there was a lot of very slow build up and a lot of pretty passing and not much in not much sort of uh, cutting edge there whereas Pritch kind of pulled it together he sped it up he he just kind of was like the the conductor on the orchestra and he kind of pulled it all together so that's an I'm interesting take a credit. yeah that's a really interesting take because like I thought it was Clark mainly who did that in that QPR game um but Pritchard yeah to be fair if you if you clinically look at it Pritchard did provide that extra bit of touch of class especially in the second half i'm not sure about like the the first goal back but it's definitely second half he was yeah. he was the he was the through ball for everybody um i can see uh doofus is gone and we have i believe bradley from rwa joining us as well welcome along mate welcome bradley right. hey bradley yeah not bad i'm good thanks you yeah not too bad ah good thank you um, I think I think we're all pretty happy to to be fair though. Um, we've got we've got yeah. we've got a couple of lads in the chat asking how we're doing and and hope we have a good evening. And we've got to be considering how well we've performed over the last five games. Just, I know <laughs> it sounds really bizarre, but like a lot of my mood, just my general mental health, is highly linked to how well Sunderland perform. <laughs> do, do, do you find that, that that link for yourself as well? Like, if Sunderland are in a like yeah. a d downward spiral, you just like, oh, what's the yeah, point? Yeah, I feel yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you, you just, just want to shove your face in cake or something like that and just push yeah. the season to be over already? Yeah, exactly. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like that negative vibe that were going on at the beginning of the season, you know, after Preston and Ipswich. I hated it and I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, but now that that. So that you know that negative vibe that we're going on. Yeah, I'm. I'm just, I'm just glad it's we've picked up now, and you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does remind me a lot of my childhood, and when I say my childhood, I mean like about around the time of the millennium. So 
again, Owen said this a couple of times on, on your channel, right? It does remind you the creativeness in our current squad, especially in that QPR game, is very uh, Peter Reed era-esque. Like, Clark is very much like um, Arca. And I think what we what we differ from that, that era is just we're not relying on the two strikers up front. Um, no. What, what, what are your thoughts, Owen? Yeah, you know, yeah, I think you can even take it back to the um, Alan Johnston as well. For those of you who remember Alan John, Alan Magic Johnston, he uh, was another one who was just he could literally create. He was a right footer who played on the left wing. For those of you uh, who were too young to remember him, he would cut in. He'd do a lot of things that Clark would do. He wasn't quite as quick as Clarky, but yeah, there is there is similarities. But yeah, I think that team was built all around just giving the ball to Quinn and Phillips and letting them do all the damage which they did on a frequent basis. They were. You know, as a, as a, I was a season ticket holder during that year and followed them home and away, never missed a game, and it was just hmm. absolutely they were awesome to watch. That team was just different class. But yeah, there is so much creativity, and you look at the front four and whoever's in that. Obviously, Clark and Roberts are the two kind of constants there. I mean, although Roberts hasn't played a lot recently, but you look at that and there's mm -hmm. just so much rotational creativity there because you've got Job, you've got Roberts, you've got Clarkey, and then up front you could have Dak or, or Burstow or whoever, and they all just seem to be able to rotate round and through and, and just cause so much problem, so many problems. They must be an absolute nightmare to mark because it might be like, right, you're picking, oh, you know, where's, he, where's he gone now? Where, where's yeah. Baddingham's over there? Okay, I'll go, oh no, he's coming, oh, it must be a nightmare. And, and then Pritchard just like sees the, the run, or the half the run, and the, the guy just continues it on when he sees the, the dink coming in. And the defender's yeah. just like looking at Pritchard kicking the ball and goes, oh, what? that was a duck. Oh, oh, crap, he's behind me now. Crap. It's like yeah. catch, catching the defenders off guard. Um, Brad, what, what's your thoughts? Any for them? Sorry, sorry about that. I was just unmuting myself. Um, so, I thought. Um... Wednesday night, I thought we played quite well. Um, both Jack Clark was man of the match Wednesday night. Um, I thought he played really, really well. Um, we're, t we're talking about the QPR game first, mate. Oh, <laughs> oh we're talking about QPR, are we? Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, right. So, QPR game, um, I think we won 3 yeah, we won 3 1 again, didn't we? On yeah, yeah, that's why you might have been confused. We're talking about 3 1, 3 1. <laughs> uh, is your prediction for this weekend 3 1? <laughs> might as well be, right? Why not? Yeah, mate, as well. <laughs> um, but anyways, going back to last Saturday, um, thought we actually started the game quite, um, quite cagey in the first 10-15 minutes. Um, obviously they took the lead one 0 in front. Um, but after that, um, after that callback sending off, which was a blessing in disguise, I thought we kind of dominated the game. Do you agree? Yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah. Like I said, the, uh, if we didn't get that goal seconds before the half-time whistle from Jack Clark, it would have been a completely different story. The defenders would have just just continued to dig in and frustrate us. Um, but yeah, second half, I, I, like both of those second halves in both of those uh, three-one wins, more so in the Blackburn game, we just we just came onto it. But like, we'll talk about the, the Blackburn game in a couple of seconds. But it's it's more. I'm really happy the way we are building ourselves up in the game. Even the scrappy ones, even the ones where we're down and there, we're like we're not kicking in the gear straight away like we did against Southampton. 
those games were, were grinding out, were building into them, and we're, we're basically showcasing like the talent that we have out of the club is a threat regardless of who we're coming up against. Um, the only team I'm really kind of nervous around is um, Leicester City because Le- Leicester are pretty much flying, but it does it does also go to prove like the only two teams that we have had really good performances against and still lost are still above us and we're fourth in the table. Like, yeah, there's, there's some kind of respectability in losing against the teams that are above you. How long that'll last for Ipswich? Um how long that will last for um oh, Preston time will tell but like did like I, I I'm showing that we've got more respect and we're building into the season we're already ahead of where we were last season so it, it's a it's a painful one because you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself but also you kind of want to just enjoy it while it's while it's happening um and before I ask my next question I just want to say hi to hi to Niall in the chat hi to Acacia and welcome to Cabby in the call as well. Welcome along, mate. No, that's all right. That's what the Mackham football show is about, mate. So we get every Mackham, every well, I think everybody bar Jacob has their own channel here. So, like I said, the it, it's all about getting our opinions um, on the same hymn sheet and um, disagreeing with us with each other. If if there's something to like flag up, if you've got an opinion on something, like for me. There was one statement that um, Owen said in the middle of that, by the way, that I kind of wanted to flag. You didn't mention at all Abdullah Bar in your attacking options. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you think, do you think he's one of those players that you'd forget, or do you think he's one of those ones that is, it's just like it's that new and a, a bit of a surprise to you that you want to... Yeah. Want to drag him up? Oh, yeah, I think it just, just, yeah, you just, I think it's forgotten because I'm like, yeah, he's been brilliant, brilliant of late. And I think it's just because obviously you think, when you think of attacking options and you think of that three behind, behind mm-hmm. the, the fake nine or the strikers we've now got, we've now got for them. Um, you kind of obviously think, you always think Roberts, Clark, um, Preach, uh, Roberts, Joe, uh, Joe, uh, and Clarky. So, yeah, but I mean, it's he's been brilliant, hasn't he? And it gives it gives Mowbray such as again a selection headache going into the weekend in terms of do you put keep Bar on or do you put Roberts back out there? But if you take Rob if you take Bar out and put Roberts in, do you damage the lad's confidence? But Patrick Roberts is probably after Clarky, probably one of the mo- the most talented players on our squad. So where do you go with that? It's 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 great. It's a, it's a lovely problem to have. It's a nice headache for a change. Yeah, do you think we've lacked a couple of nice headaches recently, or is it is it one of those ones where you you you, you don't want to upset the apple cart too much? Where you, um, yeah, where you just like you, you, oh, I don't know. You, it's a like you said, it's a nice problem to have, but also Mowbray for me is, um, I think he's an interesting character. He brings the squad together in a in a really strange, unique way because. He kind of felt like Alex Neal when he was trusted by the players. He was going to be the best we'd see for a long time. Um, or that was the perception at the time. But Mowbray, for me, has come on massively. And I thought he was going to be a stopgap um, manager until or head coach or whatever you want to call it until until somebody permanent comes along. But, yeah, I, I, there's something, something that's going on in the back office now that I think is massively clicking for everybody in the club. Um Inter- yeah, really interesting one. It is a good problem. I mean, you've got to have quality every position, but you've got to have backup quality. And um, 
I think it was, was it, I can't remember, it was, well, I was listening to something tonight on, on, um, on Spaces on Twitter and they were talking about how if you put two 11s out, Sunderland, wrote down two Sunderland 11s at the moment, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, take out Clark and Ballard and Roberts because uh, they're just, mm-hmm. they are brilliant, those, those three, but you've got two real good quality 11s there who can come in and replace, you know, replace people. You've got, <laughs> You know, for Hume, you've got Pembele, hopefully, behind him. Um, when they're fully fit, you've got Serkin can play. Oh, he's a left-back, but Elise can play left-back. Huggins can play left-back. You've got Matete and uh, Corey Evans to come back into the team for Equar and Neil. There's loads of quality there. And, I mean, I think, you know, some people know I, I follow NFL, follow a lot of NFL. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, my team's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and their head coach, Mike Tomlin, talks about two dogs, one bone. And he, you know, he talks about how the dogs sure. fight for the one bone and the fittest, fittest dog will win. And But, you know, it, it raises the standards. And if you've got two players c- competing for every jersey, it just raises standards if that player knows. If I have a bad game or I, you know, muck up, he's behind me and he's going to take my spot off me. So yeah. it's, it, it's really good for the, for the, for the squad. I, I 100% agree with that philosophy. There's a position I want to call it, and I want to ask the uh, the other lads' opinions on it because we have that. We've had that for a couple of years, but two two players, one position, goalkeeper. We've had Alex Bass come in, not make a dent, dent into Patterson's dominance. We've got Bishop in now. Do you think Bishop has the genuine opportunity to overthrow Patterson this season, or are, is he high, heavily reliant on? Patterson getting sold in January. If I, I don't want Patterson to be getting sold in it, but is that what Bishop's relying on? Um, Brad, Cabby, Jacob, what's your thoughts? Well, I hope he's not thinking that because you know, because I don't. I wouldn't want Patterson to go, but he's released today. He's just signed a what is it a contract until twenty twenty eight. So you that, know, that's Patterson, right? Yeah. Patterson, yeah, which is good news to hear. But I think we need get maybe put Bishop more in the. Could he go in the under twenty ones maybe to develop a bit more or something? Could do that to develop him because I'm not he's sure. He's not going to get any game time, is it? I, I, probably not. Like I said, unless he gets injured or he gets sold, I think Bishop's going to yeah. repeat what um, Bass did last Bass season. Did. Yeah. Because I don't think Bass ever played in like the academy, did he? You know, or reserves to maybe develop a bit more. Yeah, so I think that's what should be happening. Something like that. Do that. Cabby, what's your thoughts on, oh. on what's your thoughts on Patterson as well? Do you do you echo what Jacobs just said? Um, pretty much so. I mean, you can never complain about having any good players in your squad um, and I think it's healthy for you know for Bishop to you know bash on Patterson's door because of the fact it's going to keep uh, Patterson on his toes as well um, but you know like you say it's good news that Patterson has signed a new contract and stuff um, you know he's still learning let's not forget that he's still gaining experience so, you know he's played plenty of games but you know and it's it's all good for for Bishop as well. I mean, I would like to see him get a couple of games and stuff in, but you know, you, you can't change something yeah. which which is currently yeah. um, working at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome along, Ben, into the chat. Um, I, yeah, uh, 
Niall here put, puts a really good point. Um, I think they should have brought in a veteran to support Paddle's development rather than another young talent. Mm, I agree with that, to be honest. The whole reason Bishops came in, obviously he's a very young keeper, but he wants game time as well. We can't... We can't we, I, I really do like our youth model. Do not get me wrong in that. One iota, and James welcome along as well. Um but he's not he's not had more experience than Patterson. He not he hasn't been on the pitch, he hasn't been selected by Manchester United um enough to say he is on paper going to compete with him. Um I think it's gonna be the other way around, even though like James says, Bishop is older than Patterson, he is going to Pat he's going Patterson's gonna teach Bishop rather than the other way around. But it's yeah. What what about you, Bradley? What about you? Yeah, I think um, Bishop will just be hiding under twenty ones like the academy, like Bastard last season, and um, I think he'll have like obviously he's you know in the cup games like the FA Cup and stuff. I think he'll obviously be first starter over Patterson any day in the FA Cup games because in the cup games you normally give the fringe players a game, don't you? So, uh, early stages in the cup, yeah. If we start to progress higher than uh, round five, then we'll put out our best squad because we're playing up Premier League opposition there. But yeah, so we'll be playing like Everton, your Liverpool, well, Liverpool, Chelsea, Obviously, you've got to put your strongest eleven out there possible. There's another question, and I'll throw this to Owen this time. The getting out of the Carabao Cup has that potentially hindered our season now because of the lack of extra game time that um bradley just mentioned there for the fringe players yeah I th yeah i think it can i mean especially sort of the younger lads in in the squad who you probably wouldn't want to risk as much in the championship you know you can give starting game time to the likes of tom watson to the likes of chris rigg um to you know some of the other players that when like jamie tete if he'd been fit those players who perhaps wouldn't be shooing starters and you then bringing them off the bench with them having virtually no game time and, and no match fitness in their legs so i can see that and i can see that you know that, that going out of the carabao cup has hurt has hurt that side of it and you know i agree possibly the fa cup will be a time for the outfield play for rotating the outfield players particularly you know perhaps if we draw a team in the lower leagues in the third round um obviously if we draw a premier league team then you, you can't take any risks you can't put bishop in goal you can't play some of the young players. You've got to play your strongest team or you, you'll get embarrassed. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, the likes of... It would have been interesting, perhaps, to get, you know, a little bit of a run in the Carabao Cup because then mm -hmm. you, know, you could have given Riggy three, four, five starts. You could have given Watson the same. You could have given, you know... Um, who else? Taylor. Shields, yeah, those sort Taylor. of players could have come in. Yeah. Um, so J James says I genuinely don't understand rotating goalkeepers in the cup and I think it is just for that one you don't want to the league is v much more important to Sunderland as, and especially with the was it the, the second tier cup all of the cups have <laughs> this bloody dog my dog's just howling in the background so I do apologise if it's picking up on the mic but um, uh, yeah the the whole point of putting rotation players in into that side is focus on the league, get as high up as the league as possible. If you're struggling or you're mid-table league, then yeah, rotation doesn't make sense. But if you are genuinely competing for it, you want to keep as many people fit as possible. I'm going to have to shout out these dogs now. So, um, two secs. No, it's not working. <laughs> dogs do what they want. <laughs> Two segs. Um, so, 
what what's your thoughts, Brad, on rotating oh. players? And then after after that point, we'll move into the uh, second game, the Blackburn Rovers game. I thought to rotate the players, obviously, if you're mid-table, it's obviously it's all right to do, but if you, well, it's not all right to do, obviously, but if you are in the playoffs, so you're going for automatic promotion, if you're in that kind of spot, you don't want to kind of rotate and stick to the same. You're all about cup games, you're all about like, main games, and what you're about. Yeah, so your priority should be the main games, right? But rotating players into the cup games should only really happen if your league position is, if you're absolutely, like if you're scrapping for survival or if you're scrapping for promotion, if you're in the mid-barrier, you can play whatever squad you want in that. You don't need to rotate. You can just, um, you can keep cracking on with the players that are performing for you. But to the other side of it, because you're more likely to win the cup competition at that stage than drop out the league or go up it. But, to the to the other end, if you're if you're highly likely to to do successful or you want your best players fit mid uh, for the league, then you rotate your players. That's the whole point of that, right? Yeah, because of course it is. Because obviously, if you're going for automatic promotion spot, if you're in there, and if you've got a cup game, you don't want to rotate the players. Um, you want to rotate the players just in case. Obviously, the strongest got out in eleven, just in case. Just imagine if Clark played, Patterson played, one of them players could pick up a really bad injury. And it could be out. Um, but even though that's the same as the main game, right? it can happen in any game. It can happen in it can happen in training as well. Just look at Meander. Yeah. At the moment, uh, everybody keeps on forgetting Meander even exists because he hasn't put on the Sunland shirt yet. I have as well, to be honest. I've even forgotten about him. <laughs> Has so, anybody actually seen him? He, he apparently played seven minutes of training in his first session and that was it. Like <laughs> in the words of in the words of Ron Burgundy, in the words of Ron Burgundy, will that escalate quickly? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can see you've uh, responded to um, is it is it Ben in the, yeah Ben in the chat saying about Ukrainian strikers, Owen? Do you want to do you want to emphasize on on what, on what that is? So Russian has his visa now. You've released a video yeah, on that. So, yeah, Russian has the visa now. Visa has finally arrived. You know from the. Uh, British government have finally got their fingers pulled out and sorted it out for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Mowbray was asked about it today a couple of times in his presser and he said that, uh, yeah, the visa's through, but he said that it would be, you'd have to be assessed in training. Um, it would be very much, he, he thinks, him coming from the bench if he, if he's used because he says his English is exceptionally poor. He, he you know, he's not really talking to the other boys in training because he, he can't communicate with them. Um he he looks sharp. He looks quick. He looks he looks a real good player. But I think it's the communication difficulties are something that are going to obviously hold him back the first few weeks because it's very difficult. Yes, at the start of the game, you can perhaps have a translator in there to tell mm -hmm. him what you initially want. But once the players are on the field and you're trying to communicate with them and, and yell at them, he he's going to struggle to get the message. So it will be a case, I think, of fifteen minutes here, twenty minutes here, half an hour there. From what from what Tony was saying today. Um, Tony, I think it was the last press conference he made a joke out of it. He did say, um, when he's speaking in his Tony said, when I'm speaking my fluent Ukrainian to him, but uh, yeah. I don't think we'll pretend <laughs> With his revels at the side, I guess. <laughs> you are the coffee one. I am the minstrel. Minstrel, stay here. Shout you. <laughs> I I, I, terrible, terrible. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sure soon he'll develop uh, Maca Max and Mortis and then he'll be yeah, some Mac and phrases as well. He'll pick up on it. 
Mm. On, on communication yeah. on communication issues, though, how many? I, I think we've got a couple of new strands that do have communication issues. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, you've got Adil Oshish, French, completely French, doesn't really speak a word of English. Timothy Pembele probably speaks a little bit better English than um, Adil, or it might be the other way around, but one of them is like broken English, one of them just doesn't speak English at all. Hamir Samedo, his English is uh, of a decent standard, but it's not uh, to the point where you can understand definitely a Northeastern accent, shall we say. Um, who else is that? There's so many foreign players for us at the minute. Uh, you've also... Ecuador didn't speak a word of English before he moved to England. So, uh, obviously, Russian doesn't speak English. How many players on our pitch can we have that don't communicate with each other and still perform as good as we are? Um, I'll open that to, to, to Brad because I can see he's very kindly said, uh, don't forget the sub button on my, on my chat. So, thanks for this call out. And, uh, yeah, communication, what do you think? Honest. Um... Yeah, there's only so much. Stuart says as Russian can still point though. Yeah, you can. There's so much pointing they can do to say like where you want the ball and stuff. Like it's a loud stadium, so you're not going to have like proper full-on conversations about the economy in the middle of the pitch. But like, you still need to be able to say I want the ball there. Like that was not good enough. That kind of basic level of conversation is not happening, right? So. Uh, well, to be honest as well, we've got like of um, Equal, he'll be back in about how long is it? Seven to ten years? Yeah, something yeah, like so, something like that, yeah. Well, it's not a million miles away, you've got obviously Abdurabar who speaks French as well, you've got, um, trying to think of else, um, Ashishi? Ashish, yeah. Ashish. Yeah, yeah. Um, he speaks French, so many players can actually speak, um, French. French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so so that communication issue is only really with the ones that are uh, Russian at the minute. Uh, Jim does say that uh, Equa is apparently the main translator for French, uh, for the French lads as a whole. So when tactically it's, it's it could be really abused to make Equa look a lot better by him. Uh, oh, lads, when he's saying like when you get in the mind, pass it to me on the edge of the on the edge of day, and I'll feed it through. <laughs> it, could, it could it could be doing that because he is absolutely exciting. He could be uh, getting the other lads to do what he wants. Um, Caroline Wolf says Tony was very positive about French Dave today. Did anybody else see that? Because that's um, that's news to me. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen the uh, co the pre he does a pre match conference two days early for some reason. Go on. Go on. I watched the presser. So, go on. I yeah, I watched the presser. He was he was talking about a deal Oshisha, French Dave as he as he's known, <laughs> um, and just saying like how impressed he was with how confident he was on the ball, and that basically we'd we'd be seeing a fair bit of him, you know, very soon. So mm -hmm. I, I honestly think there's a chance he'll be he'll he'll be starting sooner rather than later for us. Could could he be competing with Roberts for a starting place or? Yeah, because it, it, it seems to come on the left wing, which is Clark's natural position, right? So, are we are we switching it up um, on the wings to fit him in? I think I think he can play anywhere. From what I've read about him, he can play anywhere along that front three. So he can play as an attacking midfielder. He can play as a right winger, left winger. So I think he can play in a number of different positions. I think with obviously with Dak being out, um, Pritchard playing ninety the other day, 
I've got a suspicion he, he won't start Pritch on Sunday because he'll playing 90 against Blackburn and him, oh, I think oh. quite nice, like 80, wasn't it? And he played more minutes than he should have done. Than I think Mowbray mm-hmm. planned for him against QPR. So I can see perhaps him using Oshish and Job as like, or and Clark and, and Barr or Roberts, uh, him, him, him using him some way there and even possibly like starting him on Sunday. Yeah, good good point. I think that that rotation factor is um a night like I said, it's a nice problem to have to to say who's who's going to be starting. But if it helps keep players fit for longer, it's it's it just does does wonders for for Mowbray to have those issues. Oh, my plan is for this. If something happens, then it might change. But my plan is like I think he can clearly communicate what he wants from each and every game. Um, so that naturally brought me on quite nicely, uh, based on that point, about the Blackburn Rovers game. We said we'd get into it about 10 minutes ago now, so if you're listening back, uh, apologies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, another 3-1, good win. Um, good problems to have. A lot of... Was the starting lineup against QPR the same as the starting lineup against uh, Blackburn Rovers? Does anybody know if there was any changes? I, ca- I genuinely can't remember. I've slept three times since... That game. Would it was it only uh, would be Pritch for Ekwa? Oh yeah, Ekwa got injured at centre back at centre defensive midfield, didn't he? Um, it was a, it was a dead leg or something like that, right? Dead leg, yeah, we're a dead leg. Yeah, I'm not sure how long though. I'm not sure if it's the Blackburn game or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's Sorry, yeah. he's back. Uh, he's back for Sheffield. So that's next Friday. Friday, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Also, crucial play though, isn't it? Even uh, for the for tomorrow and Blackburn, him mm. being out. Yeah. Still got some other good lads though, so it's it's not like it's all to worry about. Yeah. Um. I've got a couple of questions coming in from the chat, and I will go through the answers to to a couple of those. But we'll we'll talk about the Blackburn Rovers game. So uh, Ben asks what my starting lineup will be on Sunday. We'll we'll go through that. See if we can come to a collective group one. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 go through the through the questions uh, bit by bit. But it's it's an interesting way to start our Blackburn game, right? We. We struggled quite a bit at the start of that game. Um, it was a bombardment from uh, from Blackburn. We we massively struggled with their their flood, their one touch passing. It was just so clinical, so smooth. But the big difference was how we defended versus how they defended. Ultimately, every time the ball came into our box, our defenders were throwing themselves in front of everything to block it. Like Dan Ballard was unreal. Um <laughs> Luke 09, unsung in this game, I think, but obviously we, we all love Luke 09, it'll save you Labrador. Um <laughs> But our defensive lineup was amazing. Apart from I think like I said, they were flooding our wings quite a bit. The Huggins and Hume were a little bit overwhelmed at the especially in that first half an hour. Um, do you do, do you disagree with that, or what? What, what do you think? I'll go to Owen because I know he's uh, he's ready. <laughs> um, I think yeah. I mean, for for me, it was mainly down our left, their right that they were getting in a lot, a lot in the mm-hmm. first half. If you go back and watch it, I think 
nothing against Huggins. I think for Huggins, he got better as the game went on. He, I think he's just he's just lacking match sharpness, match fitness. I mean, the poor the poor lad's been out for absolutely donkeys, hasn't he? He's missed so much football. Um, I mean, I remember him playing that, that Birmingham game just after the World Cup that World Cup finished and. He played ninety ninety mm-hmm. minutes and doing really well, but then he got injured again, and then he didn't come back to the end of the season. Then he got injured again, and then he got injured in the pre. He's, I think he just lacks that sharpness, and they were they were, they were really exploiting that um, that side of that side of the defense. But no, I, I completely agree. With in terms of how we defended, though, the lads just uh, were brilliant. I mean, Dan Ballard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that lad is he's Premier League quality. He's he, there was there was times when some of his defending it was and I'm not I'm. People would accuse me of being exaggerating because I'm a Sunderland fan. I love Dan Ballard and I've got my red and white goggles on. But I thought mm-hmm. it was world class at times from that defending. Absolute world class. Oh yeah, um, and and we can be ba- we we're allowed to be biased, mate. We are Sunderland fans. Like I don't think you have to be as so middle of the road to appease. I don't know, a, a, like a, a West Ham fan or a, a Brummy or whatever. Like we are gonna see it how we like to see it. So. Yeah. I, I, if you genuinely ask the question to Premier League clubs after seeing the last three performances from Dan Ballard or pretty much our entire team to Premier League, there would be a lot more higher bids coming in. Like, like, just Jack Clark would not be getting offered pennies for for what he's worth. Um. So yeah, like Dan Ballard, absolutely. You can tell he comes from like Premier League academies. Um, to be fair, same a little bit with um, Equa as well. Like he, his talent is just like we're allowing these players to shine now. Um, Gabby, you've gone a little bit quiet, mate. So I want, I want to get your opinion. First, first part of that game. What, what do you think? Of the QPR, the, uh, the Blackburn game. The Blackburn game, and most recent one, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um pretty much under the cosh for the first 25 minutes maybe it's a bit more and as i said <clears throat> before the fact like um the longer that game went on um being on the and blackburn not scoring and um you know people also saying you know missed missed opportunities from blackburn and that was looking back at the replays and that was absolutely superb defending by sun and all the bodies on the line especially um hume and ballard uh, they were immense um, and it's things like that that changes the game, and um, obviously we've got the penalty at the other end, and I think Sonnen just grew and grew into the game as it as it went on. But um, just have a look back again at the replays and stuff. The, the defending is just it's just top quality. Like you really need to keep all the Dan Ballard and keep him fit for as long as possible. Like because he's immense. I I, I can't agree more to be honest I'd, I'd like i like to be a little bit contrary and say like nah you, did you not think about this but like yeah a perfect point <laughs> literally i don't think there's anything i would add is anybody uh, would anybody like to add to to gabby's point there oh. <laughs> yeah so so well put mate um the the first goal the, I, i'm trying to remember the way the goals went in so yeah, bombardment from Blackburn. Then it was Clark up the other end, completely against the run of the play, winning the penalty, running away from the goal. Right? If we hadn't got that penalty, do you think our our game plan would have been what it was in the second half? Do you think it would have been a lot more scrappy? I'll go to Jacob for this one. Jacob, what do you think? I, would... I think it would have been more. 
they've been more scrappy because in that first half to start with, Blackburn were the better team and they just kept pressing and pressing at us. And for their equaliser, for their goal, of course, they fouled on Dan Ballard, didn't they? Yep. And he was still on the ground. Blackburn went running up and then pretty much scored because Dan Ballard wasn't there to stop him. So they took advantage of our defence and scored. But then after that, I think we were a better team, really. But I think if we didn't mm-hmm. score, score first, could have been a different game. Uh, could have easily been different. Yeah. Did, did you... So we get that penalty, right? And then going after that, I'll, I'll ask this one to Brad. Going after that, the Blackburn attack, did they get what they deserved at that stage? Or do you think it was just... Um, a mistake from us. Like, what? What do you think of the the leveler? I think it was a bit of a misunderstanding. I think it was a bit of a mistake from us. To be honest, I think it wasn't a deserved goal. To be honest, um, but to be honest, it was more of a like a. I think it was. I can't remember who um actually got the ball in. And I can't remember who actually let the goal in for Blackburn. I can't remember who scored it. Can you remember who scored it? Not off the top of my head, mate. Because um. Yeah, does anybody does anybody got that to hand? I, I forgot the I forgot the bloody name. It wasn't the it wasn't Leonard. the bully man. It wasn't the bully man. I know that. Who? Leonard. 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 That was it. Because. Um, yeah, because yeah, so, wasn't he the highest rated player for them at like, um, like six out of ten, um, at oh, the end wow. of the game? Yeah. I, I I I want to. This is the one time I want to be slightly contrary to to um, Brad's point there. I do think they did earn a goal at least. They should have been. They should have been going into that half with at least being level. But like I said, I really don't care if we if we're winning scrappily or or not. Um, we took the lead. No, I'm not saying that they didn't yeah. deserve a goal. They played really well first half. They played really well first half before we actually got a foothold of the ball. Um, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. They just bombarded us in that first half. I think what the the game changer was that um that attack from. Sorry, there's something really weird happening with the sound at the minute. Um, I'm not sure what it is. It sounds like I'm in a 1980s movie or something. Uh, the <laughs> our second goal. Um, comes from his corner. Like we struggled from set pieces last last season, but when it got fed out and the we drive into the box, we faint the goalkeeper, and it goes across the face of the goal just before half time, like literally seconds before half time. That for me is a sign that even if we are scrappy, if we if we struggle, we can beat teams that are on like on the day performing better than us. Um, Owen. <laughs> do, do you think we should have went ahead 2-1 before half-time in that Blackburn game or yeah um, I, I kind of feel like it was um, a miscarriage of footballing justice but like I said it happened for Sunderland so I don't really care too much um, but yeah yeah I think you know I think if you'd said I think it was slightly unfair it was against the runner player they were by far the better team in, in, in the first half and on any other day Less inspired defend, defending, less fantastic keeper. They probably get a couple of goals. Um, I think it was just for me. It's just this season. There's something different with them. They just that we're just clinical. We get the chance. We take the chance. We put we put we put teams away. Yeah. And 
dare, dare I say it, and I, and I know it's only been, I know it's hard, you know, it hasn't got to Tony's 12 games that he said, keeps talking about, you know, after 12 games, we'll know more about the table, after 12 games, we'll take it more seriously, all that. I know we're not there yet, but this looks, actually looks like a team that could be promoted because we rode our luck a hell of mm-hmm. a lot in that first half, but we still managed to somehow, through, through good play, through being clinical, going 2-1, Second half, we come out, we get the third. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, the, with the breakaways, the counter attacks we had in the second half, we could have put them away four or five in the end. Yeah, easy. Yeah, so, um, se- like the, yeah, I was building to second half. We were just we we absolutely slapped them in the second half, and it did did help that the confidence from the first half, every single bit of luck that needed to go our way did. Um, and uh, to to another degree, like we haven't had the um, the referees look from the other games where we've had a player sent off, like Jack Hall back in the in the QPR game, or um, a penalty. No, no, we did get a penalty actually. <laughs> Never mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is just like yeah, everything everything that we needed to be lucky was um, was happening for us. What their goal? And I think does come from that Huggins uh, threat. And Jim brings up a really good point and a stat that I did not know. So he says, Huggins' total minutes are less than 10 full matches in the past three years. So can we can we let him off for making that kind of mistake? Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He's, like I said, he, he's not match fit. He's not, he's, he's lacking match sharpness and, I once heard Stephen Elliott talk about this, and he said that you can do all the training in the world and and be be as fit as you've ever been just from training. He says, but until you've had five, six games, he says you've not got much fitness. It's, you haven't got the match fitness and the sharpness in your legs. It takes at least five or six games to get that much sharpness there. Yeah, and do you think that's what we're doing with um, Pritchard or Dak? Because I, I I say this in the watch-alongs, and I've said this in a couple of previous um. Mac and Football Show podcast. It's uh, it, it seems to me that Pritchard and Dak will play the exact same position, but they'll never play together on this pitch. So you'll have one player eighty minutes or one player seventy minutes, and the other one fill in for the rest of the game. It will flip like that for the entire season, in my humble opinion. If you if you if you think tactically different to that, by all means, um, let me know. Brad, Brad doesn't disagree. Owen doesn't disagree. Cabby doesn't disagree. Jacob doesn't disagree. No. So, um, yeah, I've got, we've got five five Sunland, uh, Sunland fans saying that in in here. If you want to let me know in the chat, I'll I'll pull it out. Um, we've got perfume snobs in the chat, by the way. Roger, uh, Caroline, uh, who else is now? Dave McDave. What a great name! And Jenny Stone. Welcome along. Um, I, like. What's your overall feeling about Sunderland after the first seven games? And we'll go through every single body, every single one here now with that. So Brad's your middle top, you're the one right next to me, then then Owen, then Cabby, then Yorkshire. So Brad, what what are you thinking? What's your perception of Sunderland right now? I think we're in a really, really good position, to be honest. Um... Obviously, I think we've gone unbeaten in the is it the fourth game on Sunday? I think we're unbeaten in three at the minute. I am not unbeaten. I mean, it's a three win streak. Three, yeah, three win streak, unbeaten in five. We lost our first two openers. Yeah, um, but this goes in obviously against Cardiff City. Can we get the fourth consecutive win? Of course we can. I think we can. Um, very, I'm very confident. Um, 
for me this season, I'm not going to say it too much yet, but mm-hmm. I said to on the RWA Productions group on my Facebook page that I'm pretty confident that Sunderland will go up as automatics this season. That's what I'm thinking. I, that's a big show. That would mean Speakman tells the truth. <laughs> um, yeah. Owen, what's your thoughts on the club at the minute, mate? I think I think we're in an we're in an excellent position. We're better off this season than we were last season. But obviously, I suppose we went through the upheaval of the manager change last season, which we haven't had to won't have to. Well, hopefully, we won't have to worry about this season. Um, I think we're in a great position. I think we've got a lot of good players. Um, it's look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come out like uh, and say we're definitely going up or we're definitely gonna get what a mark promotion because mm-hmm. it's it, it we're just not deep enough into the season and mm-hmm. you know. All it takes is a is an injury list like last season or or some to other teams to I don't know it's a difficult one to assess this early but we're playing good football we're winning games that last season we probably would have drawn or even perhaps lost at the start of the season uh, the quality of football is, is again is just absolutely fantastic and the lads who last year were good have not had any slump in their form they've kicked on again this year Jack Clark Dan Ballard Dan Neal. And that thought, and I think Dan Neal's at someone who's been great. He's been one of our best players this season, and I think the stick he gets from some of some of Sunderland fans is out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we're in a really good position. And it, look, it's too early. I, I'm not yep. going to come out and say we're going to go up automatically. I think it's just too early to say that. But we've got a really good chance of competing for one of those top six positions. And like you, Anne, the only team that really scares me now is Leicester. Yeah. Um, Le- Leicester for me, I, d- I don't know what it is about them, but yeah, um, really good point. <laughs> I-, I I just I don't know. I want I want to temper my expectations with like where I want to predict our club. Like I said, I want us to finish ahead of where we were last season. I think that's pretty much um a unanimous opinion. Obviously, everybody wants us in the Premier League immediately, and it shouldn't be that should be there already. But I'd much rather us be there and be successful. Be more like a team that is pushing top half and maybe even challenging for Europe rather than being in a dogfight season in, season out. Like, we could have went up last season via the playoffs. We could have beaten Luton, and I think we would have beaten Coventry in the Wembley final um, before it went to penalties. And we could be a Premier League team right now, but I think we'd be probably matching Luton's form if we're being brutal about it. So i'm kind of relieved that we've we've got these lads we've got them so young we're bringing in a good team and this ethos that we have at the club at the minute is a much better like a much better trajectory for us going forward um long term the yeah as long as we're long term successful that's all that really matters and then we're improving on where we were last season so 69 points or above Sorry, just my Alexa telling me to go to bed. Uh, Cabby, what's your thoughts on Sunderland's current position? Yeah, it's it is really really good. Um, you know, it's obviously much better than what we were last season, but there is a long long way to go. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, have we got better depth in our squad this season than what we have last season? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. it is inevitable that we will get injuries, you know, just what every club does. And uh, that's when the, the test really starts, doesn't it? When you start, like, maybe losing a couple of your decent players. Um, but it, it's like the last few games of last season, 
like the last eight games, the way we were gelling and the way we were mm-hmm. passing the ball. Uh, it was just it was sexy football to watch. It was great, um, and I just think we've got that back. And especially now since the um, the loss, the Loch Ness Drogba Stewart's gone, it seems to have galvanised Sunderland even more. Yeah. Um, you know, just looking at the team spirit with um, was it uh, was it Bar or someone who was it? it, it Put one of the hats on in front of this. In front of oh, Hamia, Hamia Samiro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just little things like that. It means like the players are happy and they're enjoying themselves. And if you've got a good team spirit, mm. it's like having an extra man on the pitch every single game you play. You can't be having a good togetherness and team spirit, and that's what I've sensed yeah. around Sunland. Um, of course, don't forget we've got Russian. Um, as you've been mentioned before, he's uh, he could be starting. I don't know if he's going to play against Cardiff, but um, you know, obviously speaking and that is he's, they're doing the right thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're balancing everything well. They're keeping the team spirit together. It's good. Yeah. And if we can keep that team spirit good, put that on. If we can keep the team spirit good right the way through, then yeah. the sky's the limit for Sunderland. You know, um, yeah. Don't, have, don't any bad apples in in the changing rooms you know, in, in the squad. We don't want that. It just takes one bad apple to set set the ref to go bad as well. So exactly, yeah, exactly. So uh, Stewart says, look at Borough um, compared to where we were last season. So if we're doing a direct season by season comparison, Borough at this stage last season were on six points at, in twentieth position. Sunland were in eighth with eleven points, three off the top spot. If we use this season's numbers against like last season. So game seven, we would have been on 13 points. We would have been second in this league last year. We're fourth because there's three teams that are just absolutely rocketing. It's just the nature of football. If you're on form, it, it doesn't matter how well the people blow you are. They can't catch you. So we're kind of heavily reliant on Preston, Leicester and Ipswich slipping up now, but we're going to be like gnawing on their heels for the rest of the season. And um, Jenny Stone says Sunderland are going up this season. And if we make playoffs, I think we should be uh, based on seven games into the season. Let's not jinx ourselves. <laughs> if we're if we're literally basing like it, this league finishes as is now. We're beating Norwich, we're beating Hull, and we're beating Bristol in the playoffs. It's it's that simple. But it depends on how the season goes, who keeps fit, and yeah, like. I don't know. We're all just super happy after Game 7. Again, as Stuart says, um, it is so early, um, like Snob says, and I believe that we will be going for the automatics as well into the Premier League. So, what's your perceptions, Jacob? I think that, yeah, it's at the minute, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, Even though our first two games, it was disappointing. But despite that, we played well in them too. But... Maybe it's because the team was still getting to know each other, and I think they were dwelling on Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. But by the Rover, by the Rotherham game, I think they started to. That was the peak of gelling well together, and knowing, and the team getting to know each other more. And then after transfer window, by Southampton, it was just like, yeah, the like that's when they fully knew, like started gelling well, and I think maybe because of the Rod Stewart situation, it. Before, team have been a bit low and just mm-hmm. thinking, oh, when Stewart's back, we can, you know. But now that he's gone, do you not think it just seems different vibe now? And 
That's a now that all yeah. That, now, now all that's over. Look at us. Yeah, that, I, know, I, 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 yeah. I think more. Of, sorry. No, 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 no. I was going to re retort to that. I'll retort to it after you finished your point. Sorry. It's all right, but yeah, I think it's more or less going to be the same as last season. I think this season, but I do think we'll finish higher. I'm still sticking with mm -hmm. finishing fifth in the championship, and if we do go up, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I do get a bit nervous how how we'll do in the prem, but never know. We could finish top ten in the prem for our first season because you know sometimes that can happen with newly promoted teams starting in the prem. And Mowbray, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's just see how it goes. And, you know, regardless of what happens, you know, if we're still finishing top, top half at Championship, I'm still going to be grateful because, you know, still in top half at Championship, it's not like we've gone, took loads of steps back and finished, fifth, you know, bottom half. But yeah, I think we'll be fine again this season, you know. It's just stick yeah. with the lads and, you know, yeah, keep, keep on... Encouraging them on. Keep the faith. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And fuck the mags. Yeah, that's it. Um, I do. I, I do want to bring up Jenny's point as well. There, uh, she she says Sunderland will finish top six. I don't know exactly where, but it. I hope it's top two. But I I could take playoffs this season based on how well we're playing. I I genuinely don't fret. I don't. Yeah, the the, the one team I'm. The, the only team I wouldn't like to play again is Leicester. Like if Leicester somehow like fall off and and let two teams leapfrog them in the last couple of weeks, then I'd be a bit scared. But I I wouldn't mind playing Preston again or um, Ipswich again because I think on that day we just hadn't got like the formula right. Now we now we're singing and we're on on point. It's just I, I don't know. It just feels really good to watch us. Um, here's another stuff that might help everybody with a little bit more confidence if we're comparing Sunderland's current team position versus Burnley last season would be above them and they obviously pissed the league so there's positive signs let's use it into that um before we go into um like wrapping it up and uh, seeing what we think um where you can where we can find each other do you want to see your predictions for Sunday's game against Cardiff at the stadium of light so we'll go back back to front Jacob, do you want to go first? 3-1 Sunland. Three free ones in a row. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Cabby, what, what are you saying for Sunland versus Cardiff on Sunday? Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Cardiff. See... Just, just for anybody who's uh, listening in, every, every single time, I say every single time, the last three games, Cabby has said the other team's going to win, and... It hasn't panned out, so don't don't take that as uh, it's just. Why well, break just, a good method? Exactly. If he if he changes it's us like to a, win, we're gonna we're still gonna jinx it. Yeah. So that's all. It's all good. You like the Pied Piper, Cabby? It's just like the Pied Piper. Uh, no. What about you, Owen? What are you saying? I'm gonna go two one Sunderland. I think two one. Uh, that seems fair. Not another three one. No, I just I I think it'll be I think it'll be a tougher game. They're in good form at the moment. I think I I don't know. I've just I've just got a slight concern, you know, the fact they'll make it a very tough game, a very physical game again, and it'll be a bit of a scrap a scrap. And the lads are tired. I mean, you could tell that from what Tony was saying in the presser today. They, they you know they obviously they didn't train today. They had yeah, pretty much had a day off today. Um, so I am going two one. 
Fair enough. And Brad. Yeah, well, Cardiff's had a really, really bad start to the season, but obviously they've won against Cardiff. Um, well, they won against, won against themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they won against Swansea 2 0, and they won against Coventry 3 2. So it's a bit of a, oh, it's a, bit of a hard one for me. Um, yeah, 2 1 Sunderland, same as a win. Uh, okay. I, I don't mind I don't mind scrappy games, but I'm going to use stats to my advantage here. I'm gonna say Sunderland 2 0. Um Cardiff very, very, very rarely run free on the bounce. Um we've done it. Doesn't mean they're gonna do it, and we're definitely not gonna just allow them to to snatch it. So yeah, I'm gonna say Sunderland based on purely numbers and my logical head and a little bit of my heart, 2 0. So I'm I'm happy with that. Um, we've got Stuart saying one nil in the chat. Um, we've got uh, GS saying three nil with Clark Bellingham and Burstow scoring. That'll be interesting. Um, and then if Rus um breaks into the the fold, um, I'll I'll quickly before we go into where to find each other, I just want to um explain why Dan Neal's got a little bit of criticism from Jim Nesbitt. It, feel free to like correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but for me, Dan Neal has so much potential and we know how good his quality can be. For me, he's not performing to his, his 100%. He's probably about 85 90% of his current skill level. You can see he's not putting his maximum effort in, in the game. It's, it's just that. It's basically, we know he's good. He's, he's very consistent. He's really good at the game, but... He needs he needs to step up to that back up to one hundred percent and put in all of his effort. Maybe it's what he's doing, what he's told, like Burstow is. He's yeah, he's just doing what Mowbray tells him, and it's uh, frustrating him a little bit. So yeah, maybe it's that. But um, we can talk about it a lot more on the game on Sunday um, during the breaks in play because obviously we're going to score nineteen goals in uh, every single shot that we have is going to go in the back of the net. So, anyways. How can we find you and your channel? Right. Yes, so go on to the RWA Productions. Just type it in on Google and just press subscribe. Oh. Awesome. Cabby, how do we find you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, the Macam Cabby on uh, YouTube. Um, I have got my, my Facebook page as well. Um, Sunder Lads and Lasses, and you'll see... <clears throat> some content coming up there, some funny stuff, some alternative commentary, and I've chucked a bit because I've just hit 1,500 subscribers, so brilliant. Congratulations, mate. Well done. Oh, thanks. Jacob, how do we find you? Well, you can check out my channel if you want. I mean, I've uploaded <laughs> some of my TikTok. I've uploaded some of my TikTok videos on there, but, you know. If you want, I'm not really bothered, though. No, I'm not fussed. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, fair enough, it. Class. Uh, Owen, how can we find your channel? And your so content? On YouTube, on YouTube uh, SAFC, Exile, Mac and Pipe in the search, and you'll find it. Uh, daily updates, daily videos, podcasts, and sometimes I even have fantastic guests like Anton, so there you go. There we are. Thank you very much for having me on this week as well, mate. Um, yeah. I'll leave links to everybody in the description at the end of this video. Um, but until now and the next one. Oh, next one next week. Obviously, we're playing a game on Friday evening. So there will be a... Um, the, the show will not be on Friday, essentially, because we're playing a game. We'll do a watch along. So 
Um, we'll work out if we do a replacement one because I don't want to do one the following week where I've got to do four games to catch up on. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll work out what we're doing next week for that. There you go. Right. Thank you very much. Hello, lads. Catch you in a bit. See you, boys and girls. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, Thank you, Owen. Cheers. Thank I'll you. Bye. Oh, we're still streaming. It's not doing.